Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of On Point. <laughs> Boy, has it been a while. And uh, sorry about the big gap um, since hunting season. Um, had a lot of, uh, had a really long pity party, basically. And uh, I'm back. I'm back at it. We're going to be uploading all the time again on YouTube and on the podcast. So hopefully you guys are ready for a, a lot of content coming your way. So uh, I have a lot of big plans and a lot of exciting uh, things that I want to get done this year, and I'm just looking forward to sharing it with you guys as well. If you have things that you want me to cover this year, or if you have things that you want me to touch on, let me know. I am happy to do requests, and I'm happy to talk about what you guys want to hear about. So uh, one quick thing before we get started here is I want to give a shout out to uh, some guys that really wanted me to start publishing more episodes again and really uh, had a lot of kind words and stuff. And that's uh, Dirty Mike and the boys over at Rears Manufacturing. When I say Dirty Mike, I mean Josh and his co-workers there. Apparently, they really, uh, really like the podcast, and they basically told me to get my button gear and start uploading more often. So thanks, you, uh, thanks guys, for listening. Thanks for the positive words and all of you guys out there that have been uh, checking in on me, making sure everything's cool because I haven't been uploading. Um, yeah, I've just been a lazy piece of crap. So uh, outside of that, we're going to be back at it. We're going to be uploading all the time, and uh, this episode is going to start us back off with AJ from... Knights of the Apex, and I forgot to ask him what that was all about, but he's got a good YouTube channel and good content, great content for pictures and just showing products off like that. He, he takes some really good, high-quality uh, content videos and pictures and stuff, so um, really knowledgeable, sets up a lot of bows, works on a lot of bows, and he seems pretty unbiased, and where he does have biases, he's willing to let you know, so I respect that a lot. Had a great time talking to him about the 2021 lineups for this year's flagship bows for uh, you know, three or four manufacturers, and I and I apologize about not being able to shoot all these before talking about them this year. As you guys know, COVID, all that crap has really made getting bows and getting your hands on bows a little bit more difficult. So manufacturers are kind of doing their own, their own thing right now. So outside of that, guys, appreciate you for listening, and I will see you at the end of the episode. Bye. This thing rolling, man. What do you say? Sounds good, man. So let give me a give me your elevator sales pitch real quick. Um, tell tell everybody who you are, what you do, and and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, so I'm AJ from Knights of the Apex. I started a Instagram page a couple of years ago. Just um, you know, just a normal guy was tired of relying on other people to set up my bows. Uh, when I was going out into the woods, started working on my own stuff and just kind of sharing the experiences as I went. And then through that, I really found I had a, a passion for uh, the photography side of it and, and just taking pictures of different gear and, and talking about it and just, you know, BSing with guys around the world about uh, the equipment and stuff that we like. And the page just kind of grew from there. And, you know, now we've got some relationships with different companies. We're coming out with some uh, original products, which is kind of like a surreal thing. Uh, and uh, it's it's just been really cool. The community around it, the bow hunting communities, it's the best. So to, to be able to connect with guys, you know, as far away as Australia, Austria, South yeah. Africa, it's, it's so, it's so great. So, and it's cool because you get to learn a lot more that way. So it's been really cool. And, and now, you know, we've got a YouTube channel as well. Um, and uh, it's, it's, uh, it's been really, really cool. I, you say uh, across the world, it's funny, Australia and Africa have been like hot spots. They must, I mean, they hunt year round over there and they don't, they don't really have seasons. So maybe that's the deal. I don't know. Yeah, and they're savages, man. Like those <laughs> guys are on another level as far as like toughness is concerned. Like it's, uh, yeah, I I'm down in Florida, so it's kind of like a, a watered down version of Australia. We don't have the same level of 
snakes and reptiles trying to kill you, but it's, those guys are awesome to talk to. It's they're really, really tough hunters down there. Yeah. And, and the fact that they get to do it 24 seven over here, we have seasons yeah. and all that stuff and, and we don't have pigs and, and, yep. uh, it, well, uh, you know, a population that you can go out and find regularly. I mean, there's, there's the, you know, Loch Ness monster of pigs in Oregon. That's somewhere down in Southeast Oregon. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> where are they? I've never seen them, you know? Actually, I did. Oh, I had a dream like two nights ago that we we found pigs in Oregon. Oh, really? I swear to God, yeah. I just just bringing that up reminded me of that. I was like, wait, I had that dream. There was like a whole, there was like four or five, and they're all like thirty or forty pounders. But I'm like freaking out because I saw my first Oregon wild pig. But um, man, Florida's like Narnia. You got to come down here, dude. You never know what you're gonna run into because you don't know like who's got what kind of animals people have illegally. There's rumors. There's <laughs> There's axis deer running around now, like all sorts of crazy stuff. So you never know what you're going to run into here. That's funny. We have some um, axis deer and some Asian deer. I don't even know if I could pronounce the name, but somebody hit one with their car the um, last year, and I got a picture of it, and it looks like a, almost like a roe deer, but it's like this weird Asian deer. Then we have Sitka, um, or, or excuse me, axis deer over there mm-hmm. um, in, in a small town called Powers, and it's just people raise them, and then they get out, and then that's another, you know, Bigfoot of the hunting industry or the hunting industry over here is like, Oh, or, you know, you can go find them on public where they escape. Same thing with Audad <laughs> over towards the dish shoots. It's like good freaking luck, man. Like I, yeah, I don't know. But anyways, well today we're talking about bows. So <laughs> let's go ahead and, uh, and dive into this thing and for your YouTube channel, I just want to give you a shout out on here. Just personally, your, your videos are really high quality and just a really good production value. And so it's, it's almost like on the complete other end of the spectrum. I've always said that, you know, like my viewers have come to come to expect low quality, but hopefully good info. <laughs> so uh, I'm trying to up my quality, but I'm still not even scratching where you're at. Well, I, I think that's the cool thing is like we can all support each other and we've all got a different style that either connects with different people or brings value in different ways. So like I personally, I don't do as much of like the, the like uh, you do a great job of doing the objective speed test and giving feedback. I'm definitely a little bit more like I try to be like a little more on the kind of like different angles of the gear and and i'm definitely a little more emotional when i'm talking about stuff so i'm a little less i I lay it all on the table any um any conflicts of interest i might have but (laughs) uh you know i think uh you know that's just kind of how i am with stuff so it is cool because when guys are like oh well what about speed test i'm just like hey go check out on point and garrett (laughs) weaver because that dude's gonna has way more patience and is gonna do a better job than I am. So that, that's just not my thing. Well, I appreciate that. I just it, from the beginning, I'm like, man, you know, if I could just like not bullshit people and come out with objective, you know, just here's what the bow's doing, you know, here's what the manufacturer claims it does, mm-hmm. and here's what it really does. Here's what it should feel like according to the manufacturer. Here's what it really feels like, and 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 another important thing, and I know you, I'm sure you can attest to this, is I get guys. Um, even on this year's Matthews, I had a good buddy who went up and had a bad experience shooting the Hoyt. And then, um, we were in a group text and, um, it was Chris Dunlap and, and me and Austin were all texting and, um, Austin's like, man, mine, the one I shot felt amazing. And then, you know, I'm like, well, Chris is like, maybe, maybe mine wasn't tuned, you know, or something, something's going on here. And so, um, you know, cause that can cause some extra vibration and jumpiness and, and just make the bill feel like crap, honestly. And, and, um, and so I shot mine the next day and I'm like, I'm with Austin. This thing feels great. Fantastic bow. And then Chris shot another one and ended up ordering it after he shot one that was tuned. 
So well, and you have to pay attention. That's I because I think the the value right in in YouTube and and just being aware of stuff like that is like just to pay attention to that I, I remember one time like you just the the shop just forgot to they adjusted the cam for my draw length but they forgot to adjust the limb stop so there was no valley to the bow right so i had the same issue i, I just back, kept bouncing off of the the back wall right there and and that's such an easy thing to just forget and if you don't know any better you would just think oh well this bow's a piece of crap right right so i think uh yeah you got to take that account and, and i tell everybody like go shoot every bow because there's there's no garbage bows anymore like there's no like we're we're really picking hairs here like when we're talking about like oh well this bow vibrates more it's because they're all <laughs> at such a high level right you know like i love when guys still use the term hand shock i'm like no hunting bow has hand shock anymore <laughs> like it's it's got some vibration but if that's shock to you then just maybe stay out of the woods because it's an uncomfortable scary place and I, you, you know, it might be too much for you, but you know, they're all so good now. A hundred percent agree. If you came out with any one of these bows seven years ago, it would be bow of the year and across any of the brands, you would have bow of the year across, you know, it doesn't matter. You could have a PSC, take that PSC seven years ago. That would be, you know, this year's expedite yep. bow of the year. It don't matter. It, it, it's just, we're, we're, and I say that all the time, you know, in my videos, it's just, it's like. I'm sure people are getting hired, tired of hearing it. I'm like, guys, we are like so picking hairs and just, you know, just trying to like, these bows are so freaking identical. First of all, I don't know how many people could even tell the difference. Your, your shit's got to be absolutely tuned to be fair and objective. Yeah. And you have to shoot the same arrows through the chronograph at the same distance. You have to use the mm -hmm. same chronograph. You know, like there's so many little things that guys get hung up on. And I have, um, my shop has two chronographs here. And uh, I was wanting to use this Caldwell one. It's a little bit nicer. And um, it was shooting four to five feet per second faster than the Pro Chrono uh, Chrono was. And uh, But the Pro Chrono has the plug-in for the, for the light thing so it can read inside mm -hmm. better. And so um, the, the Caldwell wasn't reading very good or consistent. And then finally it just showed error. And so I was like, screw it. I'll just use the Pro Chrono. And, and um, I just ended up going with that. And I just went with those speeds. But it was like... I know people are going to be pissed because they're going to, they're going to use a different chronograph and then I'm like, Oh, well yours is slow. You know, like what's going on here. And then a lot of them, I don't know if you run into this. Well, you don't, you don't do speed tests. So, <laughs> so I'll, I'll tell you one thing that you're, you're missing right now is, is all the archery calculator guys. <laughs> oh yeah. It's like, yes. well, your archery calculator doesn't take in consideration arrows. I think above like 450 grains or 470 grains or something like that. Cause efficiency goes up my friend. And yes. your calculator isn't taking that in consideration. <laughs> so I made I made the very big mistake of not explaining myself. I, I criticized when the when Bowtech released their specs for the SD. I made the mistake of uh, I said it, it seemed a little slow. Now that was even for me scaling up, taking into account that it's only twenty eight and a half. Right, uh -huh. even when I scaled up, I thought it was still just just a couple feet off the pace, which I thought was weird for a bow that they were advertising for short draw guys, right? Because I know like uh, I'm a 28 and a half inch. I know a lot of 27 inch guys, they all want longer. They want faster speeds because they want to shoot heavier arrows. They got little draw lengths, right? We got these T-Rex arms. It's just hard enough to get kinetic energy. So uh, so I thought that was a little slow, but I didn't explain even when you scale up. So like immediately I got ripped apart. Guys were like, dude, it's only 20 and a half inches. They test bows at 30 inches. Like it, it was brutal. But I, I like you get very 
like every company's got their their guys that are very passionate and emotionally invested in itself. Right. I do respect that. Um, but yeah, you have to take so many little things into account when when you're testing these bows. And I think it it pays to like almost go in, shoot them, take like a day or two, go back and and shoot them again. You know, because I, I know I had that experience with you know if you want to jump into the the bows, the Hoyts this year. Um, I shot the RX five one day. And uh, then I shot the Ventum 33 the next day and they had very different feels to me. Um, and the, the RX five, you know, this was the first year that I've been shooting that, that PSC expedite uh, a lot, which is a 33 inch axle axle bow. And I think I've gotten used to having that longer axle axle. Um, even though, you know, I, every bow that I've owned up until this point has been 31 inches or below and that 30 inch, rx5 even though i'm a huge hoyt fan just felt maybe it's the the new binary cams it just felt a lot less stable than, than the hoyts had in the past but that ventum 33 on the other hand felt pretty rock solid it felt really really good and, and i'm comparing it to there's a buddy's rx4 hanging up behind me that i just put uh, 80 pound limbs on so like you know there's always a, a hoyt around that i'm shooting i'm pretty familiar with them it, it's just so like and that was something i know in your speed test you found that through the modules right you were getting different efficiencies depending on the draw lengths which was something i found as well hmm. well i'm glad yeah after i after i posted that there's there's quite a few guys apparently um if you're you know i watch a few people's videos and so Turns out there's a lot of guys that do that because they're like, well, so and so, so and so, and so and so had the same results. I'm like, well, that okay, that makes me feel better. <laughs> mm -hmm. So no, yeah. I, I found that yeah, the the Ventum 33. So it was, uh, you know, I was shooting. I shot the the RX5 at 20 and a half inches with uh, it was like 430 grain arrow, and then the Ventum 33 uh, it was 29 inches because um, then you would have to change the mod, right? So you're only talking a half inch. So the the speeds should have been still lower for the, the 33 going off the stats but it ended up being 15 feet per second faster i was shooting with a 430 grain arrows 300 feet per second with that ventum 33 so which is like i was like that's i mean that's that's impressive like that was really good whereas in the low 280s with the rx5 and and it had when i couldn't figure out why and and then when you do more research the mods and rem looking back i remember that was one thing that, you know, when, when I was buying Hoyts, all that, I was shooting a lot of Hoyts back in the day. And I always had that issue because 28 and a half, I was always between their cam options. And I always had to choose, did I go with the smaller cam, which was more efficient, but less uh, stable or go with the bigger cam, which was less efficient, but just felt much, much, uh, much more stable at full draw. It was, it was always that toss up for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I remember when I got a hold of a few Hoyts one year, and one, um, I posted about it, and I'm like, um, talking about, you know, this bow's slower than it should be, and he's like, well, you're shooting the bottom of the cam, I'm like, okay, well, uh, the Hoyt got a hold of me, and they're like, hey, man, just so you yeah. know, uh, you know, you shot this on a three cam, you probably should have shot it on a two, I'm like, well, you guys send out practically all your Hoyts every year with number three cams, so yep. set, get, get us a number two, and I'll do it, and I did, and the speeds were couple feet per second faster um on that number two cam and and it's just basically you're just shooting the bottom end of a cam versus shooting mm -hmm. the top end of a cam you're going to get more performance out of shooting the cam where it has the most that's where it's designed is to shoot at the top there and so 
it just, you know, the, the thing with the mods, and I said, I think I said that in my video, and I hadn't watched anybody's video yet, and then um, apparently everybody had already tested that idea out, and I had no idea, but um, I'm glad to see that um, other people are testing that out as well. Can you still hear me? Yeah, I can. Yep. Yeah, that was, that was one thing because I was hoping when they went to the new cam design, that was something that they were going to work out because that's something that like a couple of years ago, you know, I was willing to make that trade off, right? Because the Hoyt had other things that, that other bows didn't really have, but now every other brand has modular cams where they don't have those same dips in efficiencies. Like every other, you're talking maybe two, three feet per second you know, depending on where you're at, like off of the pace, but they're pretty consistent throughout the, the cam module. So I was really surprised that, um, that Hoyt wasn't able to figure that out with, uh, with the new cam system. That was just, that was a little, uh, that seemed a little odd and, and off for them, but I, well, I was shocked by that. If you ask them, they solved that issue. And so, cause back when I was looking at the so videos, weird. I'm like, <laughs> This is the exact opposite of what you guys are claiming, man. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I feel I, like Hoyt and Vortex optics are way, way too good at advertising. <laughs> yeah. I, and look, I'm a Hoyt. Like, and the funny thing with Hoyt is, like, I'm so I'm a Hoyt fanboy at heart. Like, I grew up with my dad shooting Hoyts. Like, I, I always, like, almost idolize them. When, when I first got, like, real, real into bow hunting after college, it was when, you know, Cam Haynes, Dudley, all the top guys were just emerging on social media. And, like, it seemed like everybody was was crushing it. Yeah. I think guys are still killing world record deer or world record animals with those carbon matrix bows that came out back in 2012, 2013. Like, that bow is still around. So, uh, you know, I always hold them in really high regard. And talking to other Hoyt, like, fans they, they've just been disappointed that it, they kind of feel like what they've been asking for has been ignored and i kind of get that because like with the rx5 like the it, it's very dead in the hand felt very smooth like it, it it was nice but it was more it's still 500 more expensive than the next bow and now yes it's carbon but it weighs the same as the aluminum bows so other than the, that that uh, warm to the touch feeling, you, there's no advantage to having the carbon anymore. And I, that was a strange, you know, and, and I've talked to some bows, which I think is strange because like, and Bowtech has said this before too, like everybody would have a carbon bow if they could. And, and I don't buy that because I mean, you look at the pro staff guys, like they can have whatever bow they want. A lot of them still opt for the aluminum models. I think, you know, like, like PSE, one thing they kind of recognize is the carbon is kind of a niche. Like you either value that weight savings and that warmth to the touch thing. And you're willing to spend that extra money. Cause you know, whoever you are, you're, you're hiking in the back country and it's freezing or, or whatever the case may be, or you just really like carbon bows, but it's not for the majority. Whereas Hoyt, it kind of seems like they're a little more the opposite mentality. Like, no, you really want this carbon bow and their aluminum models tend to be more, I won't call them afterthoughts because they're always really good bows, but they don't advertise them near as much as the carbon models, it seems. Yeah, well, I'll echo that. And, and um, I, you know, I got on the, the carbon train when the RX-1 turbo. I wanted a turbo and I wanted an RX-1. And that is the first bow that turned me back around to shooting an actual turbo model because everything before that wanted to rip my arm off out of the socket at full draw. It just, everything was just so aggressive before that, to me anyways. And um and so just, it, it was lighter. I wanted a lighter bow for going back country and stuff. And honestly, I was, I wanted carbon and I was willing to pay for it. 
That's just straight up what it was. And a lot of guys are asking me, you know, what's the benefit to it? I'm like, you know, warm to the touch in cold weather, like you said, and, and slightly lighter, but this year, um, where, you know, where's that weight? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, there's really, and to me, a lot of the, um, aluminum bows that I shot compared to the carbons, I like the aluminum bows better. They felt better. They felt just to me, I could shoot them better. And that is a total preference thing there, but yeah, I'm just, you know, if, if, and I've said this many, many, many times, if I'm going to pay $600 more for a bow or whatever it may be now, and, and basically the same version of that bow, is it 60, you know, is it, is it 50% better or is it 60% better? Because you're charging 50% more, 60% more. So show me the, show me the extra value there. And then if you really base your decision off of that, I don't think you would ever buy a carbon bow because you're not getting any more speed, any more, in my opinion, any more shootability. You're just getting a different riser bow. And, you know, it kind of has that, oh, it's a carbon, you know, look at me kind of thing. And, and I don't even think Cameron Haynes right now is shooting a carbon bow. And he, I don't think he did last year either. I might be wrong on that, but he went back to aluminum. And, you know, I just, I have a feeling that, you know, if, if that's where carbon's going to where it's going to be literally this almost the same specs across the board with like they already are, and now you're losing the weight factor, I think they're shooting themselves in the foot. And if you're really wanting to go a carbon bow, PSE has the carbon bow right now. Because basically what Bowtech did this year is they rehashed their carbon what, Knight or carbon icon or whatever it was. Yeah, um, they kind of packaged it in like an affordable bow price point. They too. did. They did. And, and you know, the, the riser sure as heck looks very, 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 very familiar. And it's the same one. Let's be real. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm trying to be nice, but, um, you know, and, and I live, you know, an hour and 20 minutes from Bowtech. So, um, I should go up there and just shoot it. But it just, to me, it just seems like a lot of these guys are just rehashing bows. If you look at some of the cams, you know, the RPM 360 cam, I think would looked almost identical or did look identical to the, was at the, uh, realm, um, SS or the uh, mm-hmm. SR6, that's what it is, SR6. And, like, the cams, I, I think I'm getting my models right, they looked identical, and all they did was add, like, a little bit of a weight and into the cam. Um, and if you can talk to that, maybe expand Yeah, on. which, like, so, and because I know, like, you guys had different takes on this, right? Like, I don't have a problem with companies keeping things year after year. Like, PSCs, they won me over when they went to the Evolve camp. And 100%. I, like, in my mind, they don't need to change it. Like Hoyt, when they had their DFX cams on the Defiant series, I loved that cam. You, you know, the <laughs> the the Matthew. I know it was slow; it was not efficient, but it was just so smooth. And that, like uh, Matthews, right? Matthews, I almost put in a different category because if those bows feel so different than the other bows, like you, you either love the Matthews or you don't. But you're not you know, it's kind of hard. Like if you're a diehard Matthews guys, it seems like it's hard for those guys to kind of move to other bows. Whereas, you know, guys that shoot a prime or a Hoyt or a PSE, it's easier for them to kind of transition uh, year to year. But like they get, they stuck with their cross center cam. They made small tweaks to it. I don't have an issue with that either. Um, you know, I think Hoyt gets ripped on because like you said, or, and even Bowtech to a certain degree, they, they remarket the same technology or they make small tweaks to it and pretend it's a completely new thing which i think is a little disingenuous like we all know better Hoyt, you know it's really bad at that yeah <laughs> straight up Hoyt's probably the worst at, at, at just saying we proprietary this and brand new technology that i'm like dude that's not brand new 
technology. I don't. I, know. I know. Botex had a binary cam for you know who, who knows how long. And those the the Botex, you know, I, when I shot the RX five, I shot the Botex the same day, and I was expecting to be wowed with the Hoyt just because again, right, Hoyt fanboy, and and you know whatever about the Botex. I liked the Botex. I thought. You know, they, they caught up on speed a little bit. They were still slightly off the pace from like everybody else that's kind of advertising in that 345 range. But I thought the bows, they, they felt nice. They were dead in the hand. They were quiet. Um, and, you know, they don't, for me, they don't hold the way that like I personally prefer. But that's, again, grip and all that stuff, that's all personal preference. You know, that, that's that comes down to the shooter, but I thought Botech, they did a good job this year. I think the solution is going to be a winner and, and their lineup's a little different from everybody else's because they kind of give you like different packages versus everybody else kind of gives you the same bow in different sizes. So it's, it's a little bit of a different style, you know? Um, but, and I think Botech too, they probably get a better rap because they, they've had some issues with consistency over the years and, you know, they, they lost that, that lawsuit, I think last year to Matthews or whatever it was. And so they've had a couple of like, egg on their face kind of moments. But I, I mean, overall, I liked the bows when I shot them this, this year. I, I feel like they've been chasing the realm X since they, they came out with the realm X man. Cause mm. those things are still going that's for six fifty seven hundred bucks. And, and that's in my opinion, one of the best bows ever made for hunting. That's probably out of any manufacturer. That's gotta be in my top five. I mean, that had, that was a sweet bow. And the reason it goes for so well is it had really good speeds, very shootable, good ATA. Everything was there for that bow. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if it won bow of the year. I don't remember. I really don't care. Cause I think a lot of that's paid for, but, um, yeah, I'd uh, agree with you. Yeah. So, <laughs> so in my opinion, you know, if you, if you look back a few years, that bow is still going for 600 bucks used, used. Yeah. And it's how old, yep. I don't know how old it is. It's pretty old. And, um, I feel like they've been chasing that, you know, the rehashed revolt X, you know, with the cam lock, that's basically a rail mix with a cam lock. And, and it's five feet per second slower or whatever it was, you know, it's just, and, and yeah. if I was, you know, if I was so inclined, cause I have buddies that'll tune and I, my weak area is pressing bows and, and, and cam swaps and all that stuff. I just, I just, I just haven't had the, the time or the, uh, the resources to really get as good as you guys are at it. Cause you, you work on all of them and I really, really respect that. So, you know, the, the cam lock for me coming from a more of a simpleton in that area is, is really appealing, really appealing yes. because I think, honestly, I think that was the best thing that happened to bows last year or two, was it two years ago? Um, or last year, I forget, but the cam cam lock is one of the best things that's happened to bow hunting in a long time for, for guys wanting to work on their own crap because you don't have to have a bow press. You really don't have to know pretty much what you're doing. You can YouTube a video and figure it out. I mean, I did one in 20 minutes on the range with a buddy. I did a video on that and it was the easiest bow I've ever had to tune. I, I tuned, they showed up at the bow shop and I tuned them both, uh, both versions of that bow in 15 minutes. I had both bows shooting bullet holes. It was like two bows in 15 minutes shooting bullet holes. It's that easy. No bow. Yeah, press needed. I, I agree. And, and tunability, right? Like putting that tunability in the end user's hands seems to be where everyone's going. And before we like totally let Hoyt off the hook, we still haven't talked about the fact that, that, that vibration dampener looks like a dick on the front of the bow, but I'm going to, I'm going to let that go. But the, that was my biggest question was, you, you know, your Botech has a binary cam. Hoyt has a binary cam, but Botech has that cam lock. Hoyt doesn't. So the only way, and there are cable guards, not adjustable. 
So now the only way to tune that bow is with the spacers if you want to get a center shot or the rest, right? Which, you know, like spacers, nobody likes spacers. Like uh, nobody likes working with spacers. PSE introduced their new yoke tune system this year for that reason, right? Nobody, you know, Matthews has their top hats, different companies, they're all coming out with solutions for it. So I was, uh, you know, that that's my one big question is how does that those Hoyts tune? Because if you're dealing with spacers, it, you know, and they better have those spacer kits in dealers hands because that you're dealing with Eclipse and spacers. It's a pain in the ass. I don't care yep. who you are. I just, I just did a limb swap today. Um, and it, you know, I've gotten pretty good at them, but it's still a pain in the ass. I still need to call my wife over to help me because the spacer is smaller than the, than the, uh, the limbs are. And you, you need four hands to do it. It's, it is a pain in the ass no matter how you cut it. Right. Well, we'll go back to Hoyt and finish that off real quick. I hear a lot of guys saying, oh, they copied this. They copied that Matthews, Matthews, Matthews. And I see, honestly, I see more PSE in it than anything, but I personally really don't give a shit. I don't give a shit because everybody steals from everybody. And if you want to be fair, Darton, you know, like the pioneers, (laughs) like I'm so happy you said that. Yeah. So, um, I, I, I don't know how many patents they have, but probably they have the most. I don't know. I, I'm talking to my ass there, but I mean, really everybody uses a lot of Darton, um, technology and I imagine they're probably paying for it. So, um, I'm, I don't want to get too deep in that cause I'm not very, very intelligent in that area, but I'm pretty damn sure Darton is, is the leader in that area. If you're wanting to come and mm-hmm. say, I came out with that first, you'd be pointing your finger at Darton. Yeah. And I wish I knew more. There's a, a Darton pro shooter in my local shop and I wish I knew more about him, but that's, um, you know, I'm going to have to pick his brain because I'm sure they're going to have some big moves coming in the next couple of years with Black Eagle purchasing them. Um, but, but you mentioned PSC and I had the same, you know, to me, the, the Hoyt seemed like they borrowed a lot from a lot of different designs, which again, I, I'm cool with that too. Cause, and everybody claims that every year, right? Like, and it, I think it's unfair when you just do that to one company, because you could look at the V3 this year and say, well, the riser, those arches look like the Axis last year, right? You could pull out any boat any year. My Expedite this year, uh, part of the reason I love it is because it reminds me of the Pro Defiant from a couple of years ago, right? Like <laughs> yeah. to me, that's still, that in Buckskin is one of the hottest bows ever. Um, but yeah, like going going over to, to PSC, like I still haven't shot the EVL. I'm psyched for it. I've had the Expedite since uh, October now. Um, and you know, you were talking about like, the, uh, you know, speeds and things like that. And, you know, I love the NXT series last year, this bow has made it really difficult for me to get hyped about other bows because it, it's a speed bow in a lot of people's mind, but it still has the same evolve cam. So it still has the same, same, uh, draw as the, the rest of the, the PSE lineup. The only real difference is the the riser design is a little stiffer and a little more stable, but it's shorter. So it's it kind of sits in between the 31 and the 33, like the NTN or the NXT models. And then, but it's got a five and a half inch brace height, which I, intimidates a lot of people. 28 and a half inches, that's my draw length. I haven't noticed any drop off compared to my NXT 31 last year. So for me, like I'm shooting a 450 grain arrow, I'm getting uh, 295 feet per second. Um, and then right now I'm shooting a heavier arrow, it's 530 grains and I'm getting in the 270. So like for me, like once you get used to that speed, it's been hard for me to let that go. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am psyched for the, the EVL because I think that the changes they made with the wider limbs, um, that new yoke tune system, I, I'm interested to see like how that translates 
Um, cause the one thing with the PSEs is it, I, you know, I, I, they've gotten criticized yet last year for being a little slow and a little loud for how slow they were. So I'm interested to see how that EVL shoots. I haven't, that expedite is, is on par with everybody else noise wise. I haven't noticed the difference, but, um, I don't think PSE was ready for how popular that bow was going to be talking to him because a lot of people have been trying to pick that thing up. The expedite. Yeah. Yeah, I wish that the uh, well, they had they had a few problems last year. I think they had a fire at the factory and yep. stuff, and, yep. and that really screwed their Mach One. I think Mach One would have been a lot bigger if they could get it in people's hands. And then I know yeah. they had manufacturing issues. They probably still have manufacturing issues. And then they had a little bit of an issue with the cable guard um, rolling over on you. I don't know if you ever heard of that, but um, the cable slide basically the mount was kind of it would move over on you because all the tension would push it back over and it would unscrew itself kind of thing. Ah, but, interesting. But, yeah. I haven't had that issue. I know that that was one of the things that concerned Dudley when he made, when he made the changes to his NTN model. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I haven't had an issue with the cable guard moving on me. Um, I've seen it on uh, quite a few. Um, ah, interesting. Yeah. The ones at the shop, I had a buddy. He's like, Hey, go, <clears throat> go to your shop and wiggle those PSC cable guards. I'm like, all right. He's like, so let me know what you find. And then um, I, I shot a few of them, and then I started dinking, dinking with them. And, and then um, I'm like, oh, shit, they are, they're pretty freaking loose. <laughs> and so I got a hold of a friend that works there, and um, I'm like, hey, can you tell somebody that maybe we need to reverse thread these things so your cable's, you know, making it tighter instead of pushing against the, you know, simple mm -hmm. fix. I don't know how simple that would be, but um, something needs to get fixed here because Dudley, Dudley saw that, and he, he called it, and it, and he was right, you know kudos to him about that but i saw quite a few of that and i heard quite a few stories of those coming loose and that was one of my favorite bows from last year i wonder if that's just out of the factory too that they're just not cranking those things down enough i have no idea because yeah. i've i've only set up my own and i haven't had that but i also like am ocd with when i get anything new whether it's a site or a rest or i crank down all the screws out of the factory so i don't know if I almost wonder, I, I kind of want to hit up uh, my guy over at PSD and, and see what's up with that. But yeah, I'm with you. I, I, you know, either that reverse thread, that's probably a simpler solution. I was thinking, you know, one thing I, I said is kind of like a, a having like teeth. So it kind of like yeah. grabs. So you're locking it into position, like a lot of kind of like scope turrets and things like that yep. have. But yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, that, I think that would be, you know, that would be a fix. But I mean, I think they're doing a pretty good job. It seems like, you know, they're picking up more, more pace. My, the one thing with PSC the last couple of years before they got Dudley was I just, I don't think any, they got the exposure that they, they really were. deserve their, their marketing. And I think Pete Shipley actually said that in an interview with Dudley that, you know, looking back, he, he should have put more of a focus on marketing um because yeah the last couple of years uh, well up until really last year it seemed like you know it was always hoyt matthews and then you know prime was was kind of in that that third spot like coming up uh and then you know this year i know i've seen more pses than i ever have mm -hmm. i don't know if maybe i'm just paying attention more but like total archery challenge i've never seen that many pses and even stuff i get tagged in now yeah well i can tell you right now um I have I have surveys on my YouTube channel and they picked up probably five percent of the market just this year, just in my own little you know controlled study. Um, Bowtech and PSE both gained, um, and Hoyt lost a little bit this year, even though I think they came out with a better bow this year, which is really weird. Mm. Um, but I, I think the thing with Hoyt too is the like it's interesting because you can tell like with the vibration dampener and everything, they're 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 
chasing Matthews, but I think they almost have to be more afraid of who's coming up behind them than who they're chasing. Cause I, I do think guys that aren't impressed with, or maybe don't like certain things that they're doing. It's like, for me, it was a very easy move to go from Hoyt to PSC. I'm sure that's why Dudley did it too, because the cams, the PSCs feel maybe just a little smoother than the Hoyt, but very similar, right? The grip is very similar on the Hoyt, the balance, everything. It's, it's not a crazy difference to, to go from one to another. Um, the Bowtech's a little bit of a different system, but yeah, that's, that's interesting because, um, yeah, it, it'll, I'm really, you know, I'm really interested to see how things shake out this year, like sales wise. Cause I think there, everybody's kind of all over the place and people wanted Hoyt to do something different and they definitely did this year. They did. And, and I said this in the videos, like, I think somebody kind of, kind of had to come to Jesus meeting with, with Hoyt and their design team and said, Hey, you know, we're coming out with a bow that's louder than everybody else's that has mm-hmm. more vibration, uh, than everybody else's and is probably about slower or is isn't isn't definitely leading the pack in speed wise mm-hmm. but you know we're we're falling behind here and they've been falling behind since the halon came out i mean yeah because that's when i think matthews pulled ahead that bow i mean they're still riding that halon dick of a platform um and, yeah you know it's just i'll start bagging on matthews here but um you know to, to i want to finish off hoyt real quick so hoyt you know that you mentioned the bottom stabilizer the shortstop, whatever they call it. And they have that kind of uh, shock dampeners that Ho- or Matthews has on the bottom, which kind of mimic the 360 harmonics or whatever they call them. And, and yeah, that's pretty darn similar. But if you really look at the cam, just, just to finish this off, if you look at the cam and you look at, <laughs> you look at the let off, it, it's like, that is a PSE let off. I mean, I think they yep. got that out of the same factory. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That adjusts. Ex- that it's missing a position. You can't yeah, do 80 or 85. <laughs> yeah. I, yes. I was wondering, I'm like, are you guys saving that 90% for next year? Or <laughs> why didn't you guys just do, maybe maybe with the cam design it wouldn't go, but I'm like, why didn't you guys just do a 90%? And just well, and go... I should have I, I tested this because I know on the PSEs, I don't lose any efficiency swapping between the let-offs because it, you're Neither changing a little on the draw length. Neither but, do I. I didn't test that on the the Hoyt. I should have looking back. That would be really interesting to have a PSE and and because I didn't. I mean, I'm like, why would I shoot 80 when I can get the same speed out of 90 and I can still execute good with my hinge at 90? Like, I think yep. I ended up at 85 just because it's I shoot 85 well. But um, but I I typically do pull pretty hard into the back wall, so I had it on 80 for a while and then I chronoed mm-hmm. it. I'm like, this doesn't really make sense, you know. Like I'll go back up to 80, 90, or 85 or 90 and just play around up there. But I was really kind of disappointed because I thought I'd pick up you know five to seven feet per second going down to 80 from 90, and I ju- it just wasn't there. It just shows you how efficient that cam is. Like you're getting everything out of it. Yep. And what I really liked, I was. Uh, I was shooting the silverback for the better part of last year. The it's uh, Dudley's back tension release, and that that one works off of the poundage on you know once your bow's in the valley at let off. So what I liked about having the 80, 85, and 90 is I could play with the sensitivity of that release just with that. I, I didn't have to mess with the internal mechanism of the the release, which was it was just kind of kind of it was kind of nice, and you can kind of fine tune your draw length a little bit with that let off module too because it does add or take away. Nothing major. I think it's maybe an eighth of an inch or a quarter inch max. But right. I, I did like that a lot. But yeah, I, I should have messed with that on the the Hoyt to see uh, what impact that made. 
So I want to go over Matthews, and, and you yeah. have shot and tested the Matthews this year currently. I did, and so – so I, yeah, I'm, I, this is my Matthew spiel. So the, the Halon, right. They crushed it. The Triax, I think they just rolled over everybody. And here's the thing with, with Matthews, they make a great boat. They make a great product. They've got a couple of things dialed in more than everybody else. For one, they've figured out marketing in the digital age better than anybody else. So when their verdicts came out and they had their proving ground video, I mean, they, they sold me on that. I bought a verdicts, right? I, I ordered one as soon as I saw that video, huh. you know, they, they've done such a good job of creating that community atmosphere and they get their content creators bows ahead of time. So they have a whole bank full of promo stuff for the day the bow drops and everybody's watching those videos and everybody's pumped. And then what does everybody do? You go to the bow shop. They have Matthews does a great job of making sure their shops have their bows day of launch and you go and everybody test bows the same way, right? You blank bail at five yards. And the thing Matthews has that better than anybody else does right now is they're so dead in the hand and so quiet that it's almost overwhelming. Like you don't pay attention to, if you're not accustomed to shooting a lot of different bows, that's all you notice. You're like, I don't want to shoot anything else but this. Cause you're not really paying attention to, to grip or balance or Valley. Cause again, you're just blank bailing at five yards. So you know, the, they, they've, it's been very successful for them, like having that type of system. Um, and I think rightfully so, right? Like they definitely set the bar in terms of like quiet speed. Um, for me, what, what I found over time that I didn't love when I had the verdicts and I've set up more Matthews and I've shot more Matthews than probably any other company, honestly, cause I just know a lot of Matthews guys. Um, and, but for me personally, what I didn't love about it was the the grip was just a bit too skinny and the balance point, I, I found that when I, you know, when the things that go for me first, when I'm tired or in a stress, stressful situation is my, my hands tense up. So when I was torquing the Matthews, just the, the balance point of that bow and the skinny grip, I would miss real bad with that bow where I wouldn't have that same situation with some of the other brands. So, and for me, the, the Valley on the Matthews is just a little short on certain angles, I just feel like that string wants to pull away from me a little bit. Um, and I put a decent amount of arrows through my bow. So like for me personally, like that bow just feels very different from the other bows and it's just not for me, but it's a great bow. The V3, I got ripped on for saying this. And then I was so happy when you came out with your video because <laughs> you said the same thing I did, but I was like, guys, like they called it the V3. They know they it's the third themselves. version. Yeah. Yeah. They, they named it that. I didn't name it that. Yeah. They named it that. It's, you know, for all the changes they made and they did make changes and the bow did hold a little steadier, but at the end of the day, it was still a verdict to me. You know, it still felt like a verdict. It still shot like a verdict. I didn't notice less. The bow already had no vibration. So, you know, 20% less of nothing is still nothing. I, I just, um, you, you know, I think if, if you love Matthews and you know, you're a Matthews guy, the V3 is the best version of everything Matthews has put out for the last couple of years. But if you didn't love the verdicts and you didn't love the VXR, you, you not, nothing about the V3 is going to now sell you that. That's just my opinion on it. I, I, you know, my opinion on it is, is very similar since the Halon, they came out with that platform that just kicked the crap out of Hoyt. I, up and down one side because I think they were still riding the Defiant series back then. I might be wrong. There might have been something yep. different, but and to me, I just didn't like the Defiance. I just they just I don't know. I just didn't like them. They didn't feel good on the shot. I just couldn't shoot them as very good. 
the Halon, as soon as I picked that up, I picked up the slow cam. And I'm like, nah, the HDR is pretty damn slow, like 10 feet per second slower than the, might have been more than that back when the HDX, or might have been, was it the HDX or the HDR? I don't know. They were both slow. And um, <laughs> the Hoyt was out, or the uh, the Halon was out. And I'm like, man, this thing's a little stiffer than I'm used to, but I, I definitely, definitely like what I'm getting out of it. Because back then I was, ch- I was chasing speed a little bit. And um, I'm like, mm-hmm. it's heavier than the hubs of hell. And that's, I think, was like a four, was it 4.54 pounds or something? I'm going to reach them way back. But off the top of my head, I think it was five point or 4.54 pounds or something like that. And it felt every bit of it. It did. Like, <laughs> it <laughs> yes. did. And lugging that thing around, we hunted way back in, um, in, in uh, Eastern Oregon mountains uh, in some wilderness. And I'm just like, God damn, this thing's heavy. Like I'm, I'm mm-hmm. dry. I'm like, I've never had that thought while hunting before carrying a bow. I'm like, I'm just carrying it. And then when I held my buddy Mitch's bow and he had the uh, chill, I'm like, God damn, my bow is heavy, dude. Your chill R is <laughs> way lighter than my bow. I'm like, I want to carry yours for a little bit. Screw this. You know, like this is dumb. And, and so I, I, <laughs> I shot that bow, but I shot that bow. Amazing. I shot that bow better than any other bow I had shot at that point. And I'll, I'll, I'll specify that at that point. Um, however, it was really freaking heavy. And, um, since they came out with that bow, they've been riding that platform because we haven't, we've, so we've, that's when they came out with a cross centric cam, I believe mm-hmm. is, is the, the Halon. Then you had the 32, then you had the smaller Halon. I don't know what it would, was it the Triax? I don't know. Um, then the, Vertex. yeah, the Triax, I think was the next one. That was the, the, that was when they had the 28 and that was when they introduced the, the dampener just on the bottom in yeah. the forward position. Yeah. And then the Vertex and now you have the, uh, V3. And so, you know, they've just been making these incremental changes and yeah, the bows have been getting slightly better, but I just, man, I just want to see something else. Like we've been shooting almost the same bow for four years now, three years now. And it's just, no one's pushed them to come out with something different because they've, Mm -hmm. they landed in such a good position with the Halon and then tweaked that a little bit. And now they've really just, no one's pushed them. They've been kicking the crap out of everybody. And I, I don't know what the sales have been. I don't know what, you know, market share has been, but I can tell you as far as speeds and shootability on the shot, feeling vibration sound, they've been on the top pretty much every year as a tester. And somebody that me personally, I want to see them build a carbon bow and I've been tired of it. I already ripped on carbon a little bit this, this episode, but I want to see them build a carbon bow. And I don't think they ever will. Because guys that hunt in tree stands don't need carbon bows, and, and and they don't pack them around the woods all day long, unless unless you're going back to that warm to the touch feeling. But a lot of those guys are wearing gloves, and and I just I don't know, man. I just I don't think they're going to come out with a carbon bow. I've been thinking that the last two or three years that they would. Um, I think they would absolutely kill the market with a carbon bow. I think there's room for them, and if they did it and they came out with one that's like four pounds or three point eight pounds. And and you made it feel like your like your like your current platforms. I think they would knock it out of the freaking park, and I think they'd kick the shit out of the RX fives. Honestly, I I agree. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm with you. I don't think they'll ever go to the carbon. That just doesn't sound like you know. I, I, but who knows? Other companies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I know my shop. You know, they move a lot of Matthews. You know, uh, they've had some difficulty moving Hoyts, uh, but they've been moving more PSCs and Botex now they actually just started dealing in primes again um but the matthews have been a big seller here on the east coast um 
And I, I think for that one, the the quietness, the vibration free, I think all of that stuff, right? Like tree stand hunters love comfortable stuff. Uh, you know, they, they don't, it's so funny. Cause I always have this debate, like they hate putting back bars on there. Cause they think it's going to get in the way. It's like, you guys aren't going anywhere. Right. Like, we're walking from, <laughs> we're walking a hundred yards to the stand. Like what, what are you wearing? <laughs> like right. the extra weight. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I'm not really sure where they kind of go from here. Cause like you said, I don't think they really have an incentive I, like, I think Hoyt kind of had a false sense of security the last couple of years, whereas I think Matthews has really earned that sense of security probably where they're at um, because, I, I mean, they have the most hype every year, really. And, you know, they have a ton of guys on their, their pro staff and they're bringing on more, I'm sure, you know, signing over Chris B last year did wonders for him with the younger market too. Like, I think they're making smart moves. So it's, you know, and, and it seems like, like diehard Matthews guys ha weren't disappointed with the V3 from what I've heard either. So yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to, to see what they do, but yeah, I just, I like the bow just of the bows. I I'm with you. I don't, I don't think I would have picked that one this year. I didn't just because they didn't make enough changes, man. And, and yeah. I just feel like if you up the price, cause a couple of years, I think they upped the price a um, hundred bucks yep. and it's like, okay, yep. well you better have a hundred extra dollars in, um, and benefit because that's just the basically, and I, you know, in my opinion, and maybe material costs went up and, and, you know, everything is cost more over time, but I'm like, there, I just didn't see the hundred dollars worth of extra benefit. Cause it's basically just a regurgitated bow. And if anybody from Matthews Cole has a problem with that, talk to Matthews cause they're calling it the V3 man. And you already <laughs> brought that up. They're calling it the V3. Talk to their own marketing brand naming guys because they are, they're owning that shit. It's basically, yeah. the re and, and even in their ads, small incremental changes can make a big difference you know a longer riser they, yeah it's stability is a longer riser well what happened to the wider limbs <laughs> you know like and and little did we know it was it's always been the riser it's like okay so were you guys full of shit the last few years <laughs> or is is this on top of the on top of the limbs like what's going on here like i just the yeah. marketing man i don't know if you pay attention you can really see the subtle I don't know um, the subtle BS things that that people are and, and, and like like we said, Hoyt's the worst at it. I mean, they really are. <laughs> Hoyt Hoyt is proprietary everything and brand new technology. This, but PSC or Matthew, they all do it. But Matthews, um, you know, they're they're a little bit more honest. You know, small incremental changes, very very same platform, but we did this and that, and and um, you know, to give them credit, um, the switch weights was a good move. Yep, um, yep. you know, that, that was a good move a few years ago and, you know, not to go back to Hoyt, but the, the rest on the front, I thought that was kind of interesting. And since they came out with the, with the integrated rest, I'm like, we have to be able to do that with the, with the site somehow, because if you could do yeah. that with the site somehow, you can suck the stab in closer, or you can suck the, uh, quiver in closer, maybe, um, get a little bit more stability on the shot. I don't know. You know, something that would have to have some sort of impact, um, on the bow and the way that it aims. And I'm totally down to try and test that out when they come out and, and yep. until black gold or, um, you know, spot hog comes out with one, I'll, I'll wait. But, um, unless there's another brand that, that just comes out with a good site, but I just, you know, I I'm really curious to see what impact that does. And, and another thing is the lower stabilizer bracket. Um, I think back when PSC did that, was it last year or the year before that? I forget. They, they had that lower stack was it last year uh that changed the way that the bow felt and aimed for me agreed it just agreed it was better it was better and um 
I just people wasn't... asked if I would choose the NTN or the normal one, and I've repeatedly chose the the normal X- NXT just because of that lower stabilizer mount. If, mm. Like being totally honest, like it, it really did make that much of a difference in, in my opinion. Yeah, I I loved it. As soon as Corey quick Corey was really excited to show me that when he came to the shop. And he's like, just screw it on the lower stabilizer mount. And I'm like, all right, all right. And so I aimed it at 20 yards. I'm like, this is immediately, I'm like, this immediately feels better. And I want to get into something here. And I, I kind of touched on this in, in, in my YouTube video here um, with, with people copying people and, and everybody kind of taking each other's ideas and making it their own. Um, we're seeing that a lot, the weight distribution in the bows and the way that the risers look. And the way that the bow, like you said, the shoot, the balance of the, of the bow just feels different. Um, did, I mean, in my opinion, the synergy kind of changed that where, yes. where are you, where are you seeing that come from and what, what's your thoughts on that? So prime, the, the last couple of years, prime's been up there in my favorite bows every year. Right. Um, this year was actually the first year that I think they kind of slid back a little bit for me. the, the primes, I, I love the primes. I think, um, you know, people complain about their noise and vibration without understanding the trade-off. Prime has the most stiff riser in the industry. It does not, I mean, they have the least flex, the least torque. It just, it just is what it is. Like whether, you know, you believe the 82X material from Italy. If you tell me anything's made in Italy, it's immediately sexier. <laughs> but the... Uh, but the, you know, the, the bows just have less flex. Now with that lack, with that stability, with that stiffness, you're going to get more vibration, right? Like you, one comes with the other, unless they can find some other way to disperse that. That's why, you know, the Matthews has a little more flex. That's part of the reason I'm sure I'm not an engineer, but I'm sure that's why it's more dead in the hand. So the prime to me, you know, it felt, I love their risers. I love their new grip. I think their new grip is awesome. Um, you know, they're, they're, the hard thing was we shot it alongside the V3 and it, it did have a lot more vibration, which I don't think people make way too much out of vibration, you know, target bows vibrate and it doesn't stop guys from shooting 900 rounds. I, I think, you know, people make way too big of a deal of that. But uh, the, for me, the draw cycle felt a little more awkward than years past. There was kind of like a, it was like easy and then difficult. And then you really kind of dump into the back. But once you're there, I think prime has the most stable bow at full draw out of everybody you know if you want to give matthews the title for least vibration quietest bow i think you've got to give prime the title for most stable bow at, at full draw it just you're locked back there and you feel like you could hang out all day mm. it's just very very comfortable there um i the only reason i say it backslid isn't because the bow is worse it's just because it, to me i'm just a little more interested in some of the, the changes uh, the other brands have made a little more than the prime this year but I, I think it's a great it's an awesome bow like they, they've done a great job with it unfortunately that's one of the brands i haven't got to shoot and i my beginnings with with prime are, are a little um frustrating on my end because i bought the synergy the first year it came out i was sold on it i, I fell for the marketing i went down to southern oregon archery here scott set one up for me he actually set up a rise and, and the rise was a really nice bow and then he set up the synergy and just the way that they sold it, that you aim 40% better or whatever it was. I'm like, man, you know, if I'm 40% steadier, that that would mean something to me. And I was shooting the Halon at that time. And uh, long story short, shot it. 
And I started shooting some 3D shoots, and my scores went through the roof shooting that bow. I could just hold on that ring right where I wanted to and just, just, it was easy. It was, it was like, I almost felt like I was cheating because it was, I was, I was too <laughs> stable, right? Like, I felt, I fell for it. And, and I say I fell for it, but, you know, I was truly, truly a better shot with it. I, I was shooting, my scores all went up, you know, Cascadian Bowman, 3D shoots. If I wanted to, I was competitive in, in any of those shoots with, with that hunting bow. Um, I mean, I was, I was absolutely killing it. And then I started having issue after issue after issue with it. I think I had six different issues with that bow. And then basically they did nothing for me and told me to, you know, whatever, fine. You know, mm. like good luck. I'm like, well, yeah. And so I, I've had a little bit of a, um, a hiccup against prime for, for that reason. And I know, you know, you buy, you know, you never want to buy usually like the first year engine or a car. Right. And that was probably that yep. working out the kinks. I heard some primes, my first experience with prime, I was shooting at a, at a 3d shoot up and I think Lebanon and this guy kept shooting this bow, like two targets behind us. So he's like 120 yards away. And you just heard this. Wing, 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 wing. I'm like, what <laughs> in the hell is that? It sounded like somebody was hitting a tuning fork against a baseball bat. I'm like, what in the hell is, I mean, it was loud and it was his bow. <laughs> and it was uh it was that they hadn't had the uh they had some issues with the the tuning fork noise i, I think mm -hmm. is what people called it and i don't know if you're familiar with it at all but yes it, no i remember it, there was yeah. even their hunting bow had a, a distinct it was like a it was a really lame like doink noise oh like man. back back in the day <laughs> this, you could hear it from over 100 yards away it was yeah. loud <laughs> loud and uh i'm like i'm never buying that bow and then i'm like i'll be damned it was and it turned out i think their their riser was just a little too stiff it actually resonated like a sound and they didn't have yeah. dampeners on their strings in the right spots yet and so they they put those on there and i think they made a few other changes but long story short um they're still kind of in that growing phase and, and had some growing pains and now it just um for me, my buddy hates making strings on them because they have so many pieces to the strings. And it's like, if they could figure that out and go to like a regular, you know, whatever, a three-piece string set or whatever it would be, um, get away from making five to seven-piece strings. And what are they at right now? Five or seven? Or seven. 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 Which is a lot. I know some string manufacturers, I do some work with Bloodline Fibers, and I, I know some string manufacturers that just won't build primes. Yeah. My buddy's like, dude get rid of that freaking thing. Cause I hate building strings for it. I'm like, yeah. you know, and I'm like, all right, all right. And then the bow shop here before they started carrying them, I won't use names cause they carry them and they're the best thing since sliced bread now. Um, but they started carrying them and they did not even want to touch my bow before they even carried them. Cause they had never worked on one. I was one mm -hmm. of the only guys in the whole area to have a synergy. And, um, and they just thought it was the biggest piece of shit they'd ever seen come in the shop. You know, I was like, well, I don't know what to tell you. And, I need this thing tuned and I ended up shooting it like an inch and uh three eighths or an inch and a quarter outside of uh, center shot. I mean, I was like yeah. aiming over here. My arrow was like over here, man, it was bad, but I could shoot yeah. six different broadheads on my setup and they would all pound out at like 60 yards. I'm like, something's going on here. You know, like they got something they haven't figured out yet, but I think they've, they've come a long ways and, and I have some buddies that shoot them and they love them. You know, they love them. Yep. I'm just, I can't get anybody to tune these things around here and I can't get the support I need from prime to, to shoot them yet. Yeah. I haven't, uh, I haven't had a chance to work on them. I've only shot other people. So, uh, you know, 
Uh, I can't speak too much to that, but I really enjoyed shooting them when I've gotten the chance to. The, the guys that I know that own them love them, you know, and, and they tend to hang on to them for a long time. And what's interesting, they don't like, you know, Matthews guys, Hoyt guys, they tend to get really excited to buy the new bow every year. It seems like prime guys hold on to their bows for years. Like I, I, I shoot at the, you know, I'll shoot 3D at the local range and guys will still have their primes from five years ago and they just don't see a reason up. Or if they do, they'll buy the one that's still three years old. Like they don't buy the new, new one. It's kind of a different, uh, I don't know if they're all like that or just the ones I know, but um, yeah, the, and they were kind of quiet this year with their launch. Like it was like, Hey, we're coming out with this tomorrow. Like it, it felt like, you know, <laughs> right. all of a sudden, right. Um, you know, that, that Nexus came out. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good bow. I, I'm with you. I think, you know, uh, like PSE found a way to cut down to three strings again. They were at five, you know, that's something I, I wish Matthews would also do. Cause I've had issues with, with Matthew zebra strings. Um, I've been pretty rough on them in the past. Uh, you know, I think Prime, if they could find a way to do that too, and obviously they can because other companies are doing it, uh, I think that would just help them out also. And and again, I think with marketing too, they, they have a lot of really cool shooters uh, like on their team, you know, but I mean, in this day and age, it, I know it's, you know, it doesn't matter what personalities you have, but it kind of does. Because if you don't have someone to educate people on your product, especially when you have such a different product like Prime does where like, those quad cams intimidates a lot of people and it, you right. really need someone technical and passionate to educate people about that. Otherwise it's a tough sell for a lot of guys. Yeah. I, I know me personally, a big factor is that I don't have the support that I need. And I might now that the shop close to me uh, or an hour away from me sells them now. But again, mm -hmm. I had so many freaking issues with it. Yeah. It's tough. There's just so many parts to it. I'm like, I, you know what? Peace out, Girl Scout. Same reason I don't use mechanicals right now. Like, I just don't want something else <laughs> giving me anxiety when I'm in the woods that in order for this to work, it doesn't have to fail. Like, it has to not fail. And I just, I mean, my buddy, um, when I was hunting with that thing, he just wanted me, he just wanted to chuck it in the woods, man. He's like, that, you've been fighting that thing since you bought it. I just haven't shit fly off my bow during league. I was like, what oh. the hell? I had an E-clip fall off um, one of the uh, posts on, or one of the uh, axles. It had an e clip mm -hmm. just pop off, and it actually it was the end of it. It was like a it was like this black um, top hat looking part that goes on to the end. It's like a pressed yep, piece yep. that fell off. And then I told him like, "Well, we've never had that." I'm like, "Well, you have now, man. Like, <laughs> is this thing even safe to shoot with that on there?" And like, I don't know, man. I just I I I'll, I traded it for a gun, and it was the best trade I ever did. <laughs> it was worth like 550 bucks, and it was less than a year old here. The resale value around here is horrible for him. And, mm -hmm. um, I ended up trading it to a guy with, for like a brand new Browning, uh, high grade octagon, ba octagon barrel, 300 Winchester short mag, um, for it was like a $1,500 gun, dude. And he traded it brand new. And I, think oh, wow. he, I don't think he was in it very much. Um, but anyways, yeah, I sent him literally arrows, release sight, everything. I'm like, he's like, I want plug and play. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm your draw length. Here you go. And right now yeah. it's shooting any, any broadhead right now. It's, it's, I've shot, it's, it's out to a hundred yards. It's good. And uh, he ended up sending me like a pickup picture of a giant white tail like two weeks later. I was like, that's pretty sick. <laughs> okay, so that was a good trade. It was it a good trade for, for him, and I still have yeah. not shot that gun, and it's the, like one of the prettiest guns I own. <laughs> but uh, so Bowtech, I want to get into the Bowtechs here, and um, so and and what other brands have you shot? Have you shot the Elites or the Expeditions or anything like that? 
No, so so the expeditions, I've heard a lot of things, haven't gotten a chance to shoot them. There's nobody in the area. I reached out to him to see if like like do you guys have a rep passing through at any point in time kind of deal? Like cause a lot of people have been asking about them. I think it's intriguing. Um, you know, I'm always skeptical of of stats for companies that are like kind of newer. I think we all kind of saw that with Obsession when they were claiming 360 a few years ago. Yeah. So, you know, I I've got to shoot it and see what it's like real world. Cause there's a lot of companies that put out fast bows that nobody wants to shoot. So it's, uh, I, but everybody that like reputable people that I've, I've talked to, I've been impressed with the expedition. So, um, I, you know, I think, uh, I, I think you just, we got, I got to shoot one. I can't really say I, I'd like to. And then elite, you know, I have a weird, I, I have a weird thing with elite. Like I, I, I like the bows. Um, I don't love working on, on them um but i i like the elite bows they're very smooth they tend to be on the slower side right but they're they're shooters like they feel great very forgiving um but i i this is such a superficial thing but they just don't excite me like i i don't know what it is but like if you walk into a bow shop i will walk right by the elites like they just don't (laughs) there's nothing about them that draws me in it. And like, I hate to say that cause I'm, you know, I'm sure there's great people at the company and stuff, but there's just, you know, there's, there's just something missing there. There's like, I, when I, if I'm going to spend 11 or now $1,200, right. That's what most bows are going for now. Like, I want to look at that thing. Like I want to have it next to my TV and be staring at it. Like, and just like be excited to go shoot it. Yeah. You know, like it, it, that's, that's like a thing for me. I, and I feel that way about all of my gear and I just don't, there's just, I don't know what it is. They, it just, they just haven't drawn me in even the last couple of bows. They shoot nice, but I just, if it was my, you know, I wouldn't put my money into one. And that's same here. It's really weird that you and I both feel the same because with the option series, I'm like, fuck, these things are stiff, man. Like I'm like, I just, I hated the draw on it. And the thing that really turned my head last thing that came to Hoyt was the, um, draw, draw change increments. I'm like, mm-hmm. they went to quarter. I was a quarter inch. Yep, and yep. I'm like, money. I love that. I love that idea because not always do I want to f- be screwing with my D loop. I yep. sometimes I just I just want to get that little extra feeling of of maybe a shorter. I just want to play with it, you know. And I think I think if more bow manufacturers could hook onto that right there, that would be really really money for a lot of for a lot of manufacturers. And that's something that's not patented. You know, you can't maybe yeah. the way that they do um, the draw. You know adjustments but having quarter inch adjust adjustments isn't patented i don't know if you can patent that i yeah i don't know know how that works i don't think so i don't remember them like kind of like because you can't patent having a 70 pound bow right you can't yeah that's true 80 let off so yeah why has no one else done that i just it doesn't make sense to me and i know that some of the let off on some of the bows they'd be like oh well if you change like the let off on the psc or the primes then then yeah, that'll change your draw length slightly, and that'll I'm like okay. But what if you don't want to have to change your let off, or what if you don't have want yep. to have to, you know, like you're you're I don't know. And that's one thing. Another thing I didn't like about my prime is that I was trying to find where on that slide of the let off slide because that's screwing with that's basically your draw stop. I didn't really like that. I didn't like how that worked. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe that's just me, but well, that was one of the things with the elite. Like everything, especially now, like all the bows have wider limbs bigger riser like everything's a little beefier and the elite still feels very like dainty and and i know it's not right but it just feels that way like it's not a tough feeling bow like it doesn't make me want to go kill something yeah Yeah, like it's just (laughs) like and they're like their cable the the limb stop that they have is kind of like that little 
thing that just drops off the back of the the uh the limb like it doesn't actually stop on the limb or the cable it's just it's just kind of like i i know it works it it's just like ah you're just a little off the mark it's like that one friend that's always just like like can never seal the deal you know and you're like pulling (laughs) for them but like they just always are a little off you know um yeah shout out to (laughs) <laughs> uh you'll probably call me about that one <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh but yeah i, I mean i, I want to like the elites but you know again i just just couldn't bring myself to get one expedition i don't know and that's like guys asking me about the bears too and you know with, with bear it's one of those things where it's like you go you look at them and on paper yeah they look like they should stack up with everybody else but then when you see it in person the grip the finishes everything it just is not the same level as everybody else. It's just not. I almost look at them. I look at them actually like less than elite. And I just, I'm just not interested. I don't like, to me, they've made themselves like the beginner cheap, lower end bow. Like they're like the Honda civic of the archery. Which was okay when they were cheaper. And when there weren't as many great mid price point bows now, right? Like that's a good point. why like now you have the embark the drive and the hoyt torex especially the xt model those are and i think matthews has one too those are really good bows for six seven hundred dollars like like legit yeah you have the nitrox the amplify that's right yeah metalist that was a great bow through um that might have been a diamond diamond yeah yeah that was a really good shooting bow i mean i bought one of those for for um for uh indoors just to shoot it for indoors just to learn a little bit and and um, there's way too many good options for midline, and I think PSC is probably killing it the best out of all them. But um, you know, there's way too many good, good mid-level bows, and and uh, you know, it all probably started back with uh, the Hoyt Power Max or the Charger. Yep, the Charger was a really good bow. That was one yep. of the. I think they fucked up with that bow because they made that bow way too good for the money, and I think it prevented people <laughs> from not buying the flagship. Because I know a lot of guys that still shoot, or if they can find one. A charger and those things, I know that they had good um, aluminum pockets, and then the Power Max they dumbed down the uh, the uh, the uh, limb pockets on them. They made them like a cheap yeah. polymer versus the like the actual aluminum. I'm like, mm. that was that was a good bow. Yeah, and those the I wonder about the the polymer pockets because like they're starting to make guns out of polymer, right? So like I got to imagine the technology's getting there. If they can make it as durable but save weight, I'm cool with it. Like that doesn't bother me. But again, like you know, nobody's advertising the toughness of their polymer, so like I think that's what kind of makes everybody a little nervous. Well, but, at the same time, though, how many failures have you seen? That's a good point. I don't. I, nobody's messaged I me. More guys more. have messaged me about flagship bows than yeah. than price point bows. Yeah. And I, I think that's another thing PSE's got going for them now that we're talking about mid price point bows because like they've got their their low price point bows in every box store. They've got the mid price point bows, right? That I mean, they're they're handing them out to. I think all the guys at Black Rifle Coffee just got those new embarks and like custom colors. Mm. And then so they've kind of got your your gateway drug, your mid price point bow, and and now your your high level. I think they're making good moves. I think I think Hoyt does has been doing a really good job with that too. I think honestly that Torx XT is a more intriguing bow to me than than even some of their flagship bows for the price point that it's at. Yeah. Well I told you when they came out with the Nitrix, I'm like, I like this bow better than any of the other bows that they have out here. Mm-hmm. And the price is better. I'm like, why wouldn't you 
buy that $700 bow when literally, I don't think, if you put both bows in my hand, I might be able to pick the difference between the Nitrix and the Nitrax or whatever whatever those two bows were. Like yeah. they were, they were pretty darn close. I would say they were within 10% quality performance and everything. I think, yeah, like Hoyt and Matthews, typically they'll take off the, the split yokes and they'll drop like the roller guard will be, maybe they won't do a roller guard. Maybe they'll do like the, the old bar with the, the slider yeah. on it. Right. Yep. Um, you know, which is always my gripe when, when companies come out with quote unquote female bows too, right? Like they always just put pink on it and then strip the features and call it a girl's bow, which right. I think is like the most degrading thing. And I can't believe no <laughs> one's complained about it. Like there's nothing like there's nothing about how women shoot that make it different than how guys yeah. shoot, but like they like to advertise it. Like it's something different. Well, look it's at that, very uh, look, weird. Look at the Matthews Avail. That was, le- that was a pretty legit bow. And definitely, definitely legit. Yeah. And, and, uh, I have a friend, um, she hunts Shelby. She was still using an SDX. Mm-hmm. Um, and that bow's a freaking pound. I mean, that thing. Well, counts. I've, talking to talking to a couple of girls at the the shop by me they love the new prima that came out and i know like for for hoyt shooters you know i know they have like you know female specific bows but i think most women that i know that are like hardcore hunters they're just getting they were just well years past they were just buying red works because it's lighter and yeah they were just getting they were like if you know if they had the money and they didn't care like they were getting the carbon bows because it's lighter and you're getting they're getting the top of the line bow as long as they could pull, I think 50 pounds was the minimum draw line or the minimum weight that they had, you know, they, that's what they were getting. Yeah. Um, you know, if the, and those were like the real serious, you know, just, just like anybody else. Right. Like, but there's nothing that like, like talking to, cause I talked to different women, like, what do you guys like actually care? You know, like what, and most of them are like, we just, we just want a good bow. You know, but it's uh, I, I'm I'm psyched about the mid price point bows because for years you like when guys would reach out to you that like just wanted to get into to archery, you kind of had to break the news to them like, look, you could get a bow for five hundred dollars, <laughs> yeah, but you're gonna want a new one in a year. You know, like if you get into this kind of deal, um, I know you did a, a budget bow build last year, which was awesome. <laughs> kind of blew up um, in my face. <laughs> like, ah, you know, yeah, it, that, it was that an effort. BTX was a bad <laughs> choice. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a bold move when you made that pick. Yeah, I was like, okay, move, interesting. God. He's really, really, really rolling the dice on that. Yeah, um, well, it, but it, I knew you had done your research. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if I would have known more uh, what the odds were, I probably wouldn't have bought it. I knew that they had issues, but I didn't know it was that bad. Like, even Bowtech, yeah. uh, I won't say who, but there's a, a guy I know that works for Bowtech. He's like, yeah, man, it, it's more than it's more than you think. It's more than 25%. It's, most of those bows had limb issues, that BTX model you bought. He's like, you're – and I, would, I think it's on its fourth set of limbs now and i think that's when they i think the issue they had is when they they put the production overseas right that's what it was and then they brought it back to it was something uh, they went the line, um they went to a limb manufacturer i believe and now they're back to being in-house solid core limbs. yeah i might be wrong on that so um somebody that one of my buddies that works for Botech, let me know but um they they said you know the t-34s i think is what it was called that's a solid solid limb and the one before that was supposed to be a solid limb but that one lasted i think a month and then this one um has lasted a good and i think it's the t34 and he's like you won't have an issue with this one but i don't trust it enough to where now it's my bow fishing setup and i yeah, literally yeah. 
will not sell it because I don't want to sell somebody a grenade. I don't want to do it. I I would not either. So there's nothing worse than selling someone a bow and them having something yeah. go wrong with it. I like will it, say that that bow tech around here locally, especially locally, um, they really take care of us. I mean, they. I, I didn't. I've have heard to pay that for one of my limbs. I didn't have to pay for them, and I told them like I bought this used, um, but you know. I know you guys have fixed dry fired bows before and what can you do for me? And they're like, we'll take care of you. And I came in and then the last time I came in, I was needing it tuned or something like that or needing something. I forget what it was. And, and Dan looks at me and he's like, dude, is that, I'm, I'm like, I'm not here. I'm not here for that. I swear. I swear. He's like, Oh God. I was like, all right. All right. What do you want? <laughs> so, but he just looked at me cause I had that BTX in my hand. He's like, dude, <laughs> Uh, he's like, not again. Nope, not doing it. And I'm like, don't <laughs> worry. I'm only here for bowfish and shit. So, yeah. <laughs> but um, that's great. Uh, so with with um, the elites and, and the expeditions, I haven't shot any of those. I keep hearing um, stuff about the Athens. I think they recently, I don't know how recent, but they got bought out or they have a new owner or something like that. Or there's new leadership there, and so. They just don't have very many dealers, man, and 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 I guess I'm 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 venting here because a lot of these bows, like I I I don't have access to these bows, and you know maybe I need to get a little bit more ground savvy and start reaching out to these companies and like, hey, you guys need to send me some because right now I can tell you, um, my man Corey Miller, awesome dude, is yeah. slinging PSEs like crack, like he is out there working the streets, getting PSEs in boat people's hands. He sent me some PSEs down here. That's, you know, and and I appreciate the hell out of that. He's the only person out of any bow manufacturer, any rep that's ever offered to do that for me, without me asking. And same um, same thing here. PSE sent me that expedite, and then they were like, "Hey, we're gonna send you an EVL, you know, just to to compare to that. We know you like the expedite, so." And for me, you know, like I let people know, like it's hard. It, you know, when we do these reviews too, it, it's hard, like, especially the types of videos I do, it's hard for me to, you know, not make those cooler just because I have more experience and time with the bows. Like mm -hmm. I, I, when you have somebody with the company that you can talk to about like, Hey, why did you guys design this that way? Right? Like, why did you guys do this? It, it, you can talk about it more and answer questions better than, you know, a lot of times I'm doing the same thing everybody else out there is doing. And you're just going, you're blank bailing at your local shop, which yeah. I love my local shop, but there's only so, unless there happens to be a rep in there, there's only so much information you can get on a new bow when you do that. Right. Would well, you ever have a hard time giving maybe a bad review for a bow that somebody gave you for free or let you try out for free? With so the the cool thing with and this is with any of the companies I'm affiliated with is no I, first off I'm, I have no contracts with anybody and the other thing is they were all companies that I was already using and a fan of the product and nobody has ever told me like we want you to cover this or highlight this or do this because that's not like I have a nine to five job in compliance. Like I have to do the whole suit and tie bullshit thing all day long. Like Knights of the Apex for me is my fun passion thing. Like I want to be able to be me, be honest, like, mm -hmm. be, like be ridiculous. Like I, I'm, I'm not in this to get free shit and suck dick. Like, that's just not what, that's just not what I, you know, I, I've like, that's not what I'm going to do after hours. So, um, you know, I don't feel an obligation to give a positive review for stuff I get for free. I do feel an obligation to not give 
uh, completely negative reviews. Like there's a lot of gear, a lot of stuff that I use that I just don't ever talk about because it's something that I would never use yeah. other than what I did for testing. Yeah. Because there's somebody that made that product. There's somebody that put their heart and soul into it or they didn't. But you know, if I, if I don't have something nice to say about like, and it's funny because like I'll, I'll praise a bow for an entire 20 minute video, but I'll have one critique and that's what people hang on to, you know? So it, it's, as the page has grown in a following, that's something that I've really taken to heart, like, because I know the impact it can have. So if I am going to have a critique about something, like, I, I want to make sure it's as thought out as I can be, and I'm being honest about it. Um, so I, I don't, the, the whole free thing, like, it's cool at first, but like, people think that, oh, you sell out for this, you get over it really quick, you know, like, it, it's cool. But at the end of the day, you know, like, like people who want to be pro staffers and get free stuff and stuff. If you put the amount of time that into your normal job that I put into Knights of the Apex, mm -hmm. I guarantee you, you'll get promoted to a point where the free shit won't matter. You'll be able to pay for yourself anyway. Right. So it's, you know, it's like the, like, it's nice, but like, yeah, like I, I can get most of my stuff from Easton, but I, I buy Easton anyway, because I, we were talking about in-house in-house manufacturing to me it makes a big difference with things because their quality control is just different it just is so you know like there's I, I think you know it's important and i always tell people like in my videos like this is my relationship to the company this is the interactions that i've had with them that way they know and then they can make their own call whether or not i'm being biased so because right. at the end of the day like you know, you start building relationships with these people. I think the relationships with the people definitely mean more to me than the the free shit. It, it just is what it is. Like, right. you know, the, these I'm going to, you know, whether somebody sends me a bow or not, like I'm probably going to want to buy a new bow every year anyway. So like I like PC. They sent me one. It's easy. If any of the other manufacturers send me one to test, I give them a fair shake too. But I'd, I'd be able to give them more time behind the bow to give them probably a more fair shake than just the you know blank bailing at five yards kind right, of deal. So. Right. Well, that's one thing that yeah. Um. We I uh, was was texting him before the podcast. Brian uh, Brandon McDonald. Shout out to him. Yeah. Um, he went out in that one video that I think kind of launched him. Was I bought four or five bows with yep. my own money and and here's what I think you know and I think yeah we need more of that you know really we don't need guys going out and spending five grand on bows is what I'm not it's not what I'm saying but guys that are willing to put skin in the game. And I think people would be shocked at how much product I don't get for free. Like that. I don't same, get for free. Same here. And I will, I, Easton, I am tighter with than anybody. I still buy a lot of stuff just because like I respect the guys there and I never want to overstep like that really. But also like, like I know guys that are like at the, the, the top of kind of this game and they still buy a lot of their stuff for free. Like right. I, I think people are, have kind of a probably an inflated perception of like how much money and how much free stuff everybody's getting. Right. Well, we'll put it this way. Like I, I've always heard, you know, especially with like Wayne, he's a buddy of mine who used to do taxidermy and um, I never asked for a deal. And, and it's kind of like, I, if you've ever been in sales, you're going to understand this. If you have somebody that's wanting to shop from you and they're a friend, they should want to pay you a good chunk of money so you can make a good chunk of money right i mean yep. if you're if you're granted if you're in a in a market where your commission's like half a percent on something that's 20 grand okay i understand let's chop some down off of there for you cuz i'm not making dick off of this thing but you know taxidermy's his bread and butter you know like i understand that uh, uh, arrows there's there's actually a lot of markup in arrows there's a lot of markup mm -hmm. in them right i mean you can double your money if you're a shop on arrows and so on some of these arrows and and so 
you know, if you're not willing to spend the money, then what's that say about you as a friend? If you really are a friend of these yes. companies, um, I spend money through Easton, even though I, I don't know if I could get free stuff through them. I still spend money through them, but I've, I've never felt Same. the need to ask. And I have very, very rarely have I, I can't remember the last time I asked for something free. I can't think of a time. Um, companies are usually getting a hold of me and it's usually it's broadhead companies because there's so goddamn many of them. Well, um, there's, yes. Uh, you know, I wish both companies did that. It would save me a fortune. I don't kill enough stuff for broad echo. No, I, I've been with, uh, I've been with Sever, which they're, they're a subsidiary of Easton. Yeah. Um, and they started when I did and we just kind of linked up. Um, but yeah, same here. I've never, I've never reached out and had that relationship go anywhere where like you, you, because here's the thing, like, cause every now and then, like, I'll, you know, I'll do a takeover and stuff like that. These companies, they're getting people hitting them up for free shit all the time. And everybody's got the same pitch. And it's just, you know, like they, like companies have to see, you have to bring some sort of value to them, right? Like that's, that's kind of how, you know, a lot of these, like these guys that, that are, are pro staffers or like, which that whole model is even changing too. But like the guys that like Cameron Haynes is, he does the same thing every single day. You know what right. I mean? Like, and he loves, he loves his stuff and he talks about it all the time. And like that, that's his value to a company. Like for, for me, I have a gear page. I take cool photos of gear. Companies can use that for their own social media marketing, right? Like that's, you know, if I like it, like I talk about the stuff I like all the time, I get to mess with like a decent amount of stuff now, but I've never like reached out to a company. I've just bought stuff that I've liked or somehow like I, I won a bunch of iron wheel broadheads, like in a raffle like a, a social media raffle mm -hmm. kind of deal, um, which I, I was like, oh, people actually win these things. Um, and then now I'm doing raffles of my own. But uh, but yeah, like it, it, I think people, uh, they have a weird perception of, of that whole thing. And I'm with you. I've never had a relationship, you know, go anywhere through that. Like it's always companies reaching out um, or like I know the people and then maybe they go to a company, something like that. But it's always organic. It's, it's when people ask you like, how do you get stuff? It's kind of like asking them, like asking you, like, how did you meet your wife? Right? Like it's, it's usually like an organic kind of relationship. Yeah. There's a mutual respect there and it just kind of grows. And then, you know, sometimes, but I, I'm like you, I have some people where like, I don't let them pay for stuff. Like I, I'm whatever, what do you want from like, Oh no, what we want to support. No, no, no. I would send it to you. Like you guys have done enough for me. I'm not I, like, I'm not taking your money. And I know there are some companies that are like that with me too. So it's, you know, it's, it's, it's all different. Like there's, there's no, um, and I think we went way off topic here, but yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, <we laughs> all this to say, like, you know, I think it's a small industry and, you know, as, especially at, like, you've been doing this for much longer than I have, but as the page grows and as the influence grows, like the weight of that, um, it's kind of like having a gun, right? Like everybody thinks like you get a gun and you're reckless and you're looking to like go shoot something. Like, that's not how I felt. Like when I got my concealed carry permit, I was very much aware of the responsibility that came with that. And I was now all of a sudden like more reserved in like how I drive and like where I go and how I talk to people. So, and that's very much the same responsibility that I, I see that I have with, with having a, a page with, you know, thousands of followers is like what I say and what I post and like, like, you know, how I criticize things is going to influence potentially somebody's livelihood. So right. like, especially the, the talking stuff up, you know, if I like something, I like something. And if it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you. But that's everything. You're going to find someone who doesn't like even the best product. So right. there's nothing you can do about that. Well, a hundred percent. And and I know back back when I started and we're, was trying to like 
trying to get just save money so I could buy more gear and and pro staff this and pro staff that and just trying to like just just get my hands on as much gear as I could to test out. I was like I was singing dick like I was going out of style, man. I'm like, hey man, I'll I'll shoot this and I'll post about this and and let just like I just want to try your product. I need to do this and I. It's kind of funny how when I'm like, this is stupid, dude. This isn't who I am. Like, this is gross. Like, I'm not going to take a picture with your product because your product didn't kill that deer. Like, it didn't yeah. help me kill that deer. You couldn't literally throw the product at the deer and kill it. Like, I don't know. In, in scent cover companies, I don't use scent cover. Probably yeah. never will. I tried it. I think it's, me personally, it's stupid. And then maybe if you're sitting in a tree, you're blind. I don't know. But, um, you know. Now that I, when, when you, when you create something and you back off of being that guy, the pro staff guy or the free product guy, it's kind of people, it's kind of funny. Like I, I had a friend who's very successful. Um, and, and we're talking extremely successful and he's like, it's kind of funny. Like after you make it, everybody wants to give you free shit. Everybody wants to do your stuff for you. Yeah. And I'm not saying that you and I have made it. I'm not even a tenth of where I want to be. But when you start moving you in that direction, see. the resources yeah. <laughs> start moving towards you. Like, yeah. It's it, it's just and uh, and I'm the same way. Being I, I've given authentic. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think authenticity. It it's it, that is the currency more than anything else. Like there's a lot of people that have big followings, and you know people are quick to point fingers and stuff. But I think people get different value from different people for different things, right? And I think if you're authentic, that plays itself out over time, and people gravitate to you that if you're, especially when you're authentically passionate. Like my page, I'm very rarely on it. It's not about me. Like it's like I don't plan stuff out. Like it's literally like if I'm working yeah, on a bow, like my 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 buddy gave me an RX four to swap out the limbs, put 80 pound limbs on there. Like, so that's going to be like, I'm taking pictures as I do it. That's going to be like what I talk about and what I post for the next week. Like same thing. If I go to the range and shoot, that's what I'm doing. Like it's, it's just so much easier than trying to be some, you know, quote unquote influencer, you know, peddling some product. If Traeger gave me a grill tomorrow, I wouldn't know what to do with it. Like, it's just <laughs> not my thing you know like i i love the guys that do it but like that's their thing i'm with you on the scent stuff too like i just I, it's just not a product i already carry enough crap into the woods with me i don't need another bottle you know right. so it's it's i think that's really important and i know a lot of guys that are like that that and people ask now like you know how, how do i get and i almost try and talk them out of getting into the industry because i'm like well what do you want to do do you want to hunt like, do you want to be in the woods or like, do you want to create content? Do you want this to be your business? And if you want this to be your business, like what is, what are you bringing to the industry? That's not already there. Right. Like, like we, unless you're like crazy unique and you know, you have like some insane personality or sense of humor or something like we're all blue collar guys that love to go bow hunting. Like there's nothing unique about that. No one, no one follows Cam Haynes just because he's a blue collar guy. You follow Cam Haynes. He does the same three damn things every single day. Right? <laughs> right. But he's doing it more intense than anyone else on the planet. That's why he has the following that he does. It's the same thing with that, with you or I, like you, you got on the, 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 the unbiased review game. And like, you're now like, a name in that and you have like a, a style and like that's what people come to expect and like it's it's so beneficial for the industry like it, it's just beneficial for everybody because they know what they're getting when right. they come to that and and that's the value that you bring it's, it's unbiased these are the numbers you know here's your have your have at it have your interpretation right, you know? right. this is this is what it is so yeah um yeah it, it's it's interesting and i like people rip on social media and stuff but i think 
like for me, it's been nothing but positive. I've had some of like the coolest relationships and experiences through it. And, you know, I think uh, the industry is trending in a positive direction, not a negative direction. Like I I was at ATA last year and, you know, for as much shit as influencers get, like everybody that I, you know, quote unquote internet friends, like you see each other and you like kind of side eye each other. Like, where do I know? Oh, I follow Mm. you. They were all super cool. Like we, we, you know, we hung out, we had an awesome time. Like, a lot of the bigger personalities that were on TV and stuff, they, they had egos. It, it was very weird. You know, it wasn't. Uh, so, yeah, I, I really like I'm very excited for the where things are going and kind of like how stuff's progressing. And, and I think companies are starting to catch on too. like you need people that like actually use the product or actually passionate about the product, because it, it, that if you're if you're not authentic, that's going to come through at some point, too, like we're all exposed to each other way too much that, right. you know, to hide that. It, it just is what it is. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it, it, that's, you know, a good point, a good area to start wrapping this thing up. And, and, um, you know, I, I'm trying to get to the point where my quality, cause I think that I've hindered myself on my channel personally, I'll talk about myself real quick, but, um, low quality, just shoot it, film it, get it out. Like no special lenses, no lights, no, Mics just stock everything demo version of, of Adobe Premiere. Like that's, I still use that today. Right. Like I, I use DaVinci so cause it's a basic. free program. DaVinci. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I, I really, um, you know, just talking to my audience real quick, I'm going to be up in the game on my, on my end. Uh, my last couple of videos, the audio has been better. The, maybe the video quality has been slightly better, but I'm learning, right? I'm, I'm trying to get to where you're at on the video production. Cause it just, I just love the way it looks. It looks way more professional. And, um, I just, I, I'm, I'm moving that way. Like right now I'm, I like, there's a, another guy I know, um, Corbin's archery. I don't know if you follow him, yeah, yep. but he's kind of, I was telling my buddy, I'm like, man, his, his videos are really similar to mine, but they're just higher quality. And he's like, he's like, and my buddy's like, he's like you, but Brandon McDonald, he's like, he's kind of in that middle niche area. I'm like, God damn it. That's where I need to be. Like, I don't need to be right Brent. there, but I need to be, I need to be upping my, you guys are all pushing me to up my video productions. What's going on. You guys are like coming Well, out watching with- Brandon and I've talked to Brandon quite a bit and yeah. watching his stuff. I told him, cause he, he talks to me about Instagram stuff, but I talked to him about YouTube stuff because mm-hmm. watching his videos, like video, I do not enjoy video. Like I, I, it, it's so humbling when people compliment my videos, but like you can tell when I phoned in a video and just like cut something together quick, like it's pretty rough, but it's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's just, it's like archery, right? Like you got to, the biggest thing that helped me was one, you have a passion for it, but two, like, it's just finding people that know more than you. And now like with YouTube, like you follow a couple of accounts and through osmosis kind of like you pick up little tips here and there. Cause there's so many guys, like basically the Dudleys of the content world kind of deal. And you start picking up little things here and there. And like you were saying, it's all the little stuff though. Like, like Corbin doesn't do that much different, but I guarantee you, like, it's maybe just a little way that he uploads it or a a light here, or, you know, just, just a a cut there. It's all the little things that really add up. Brandon's videos are are very simple, but the quality is, I mean, phenomenal. Right. He gets ragged on a lot because of his, uh, he's got some clickbaity titles, which people get, oh, they rip. People go into the comments just to rage before even listening to them, but, <laughs> but it's yeah. also working for them. <laughs> yeah. You know what? And, and, but you know, I say I need to up my video production, but then you have, um, you know, the ranch fairy who's about as low quality footage and as you can get, who's exploding on YouTube. So 
but he's also got, you know, exposure with the hunting public guys and, and been on a few podcasts and stuff. But, um, but you know, I've always said if the information's there, people are going to watch it, but if you make yes. it easy to listen to and fun to watch, then you've got something. And so that guy's got one heck of a personality and he's very entertaining. Um, yeah. if he ever upped his video quality, boy, I think he'd explode even more than he already has. But, um, you don't have to agree with the way he builds arrows or the way he tunes or anything. It's, it's the fact that he's entertaining. He provides a lot of good information for beginners and, and he's got a personality that he doubles down on and you, you got to respect yeah. that. I mean, I respect the hell out of that. I, I mean, he's like, I, uh, anybody that's been super successful has doubled down on themselves straight up. Yep. 100. Yeah. It's not an accident, any of that stuff. And I think you've got to want to do it, right? Like, like I mean, you and I want to up our, the, the production quality, like you have to want to do it because no one can force you to do it. Cause it, it, it is an investment in time and effort and right. sometimes money, but if, you know, if it pays, it, it pays. And if you, you know, and I'm saying that like symbolically, not, <laughs> not literally, but um, you know, it, it's just one of those things. Like everyone's got a different threshold. Like I'm probably not going to have as polished videos as like, like cope creative or, or uh, some of the other guys like that are working on TV shows. But you know, you, you like, it's to a point where it's like, it's raw, but it's also like still fun to watch. Like I think the born and raised guys do a great job of that. You know, I, I think they do an awesome job of mixing it. Like, like I always watching like the UA hunt videos and stuff. Like I always wish there was more of the behind the scenes stuff, kind of like mm -hmm. what the born and raised guys do. Cause part of it is like, you love the the personalities and the people, you know, like it's, you've got to have that blend. Right. Right. Well, we all, we all have to find our own way. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm evolving my content this year. I can tell you that. And I've been super gear oriented and like, I'd say in the last eight months, I've kind of been going the opposite way of getting into woodsmanship. Cause for me, I think that, you know, the gear's there, the information's there. And if you can't tell when you have your hands on a shit product, then God help you. You know, I don't, I don't <laughs> know, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of the new products out there, you know, for example, like a Zeus, you know, it's like, man, if you can't look at that thing and just, you know, look at it and then really use your brain and just like, where, you know, where could it fail? You know, what materials materials are they using? You know, like if you can't look yeah. at a product and kind of break it down, which is, I know I'm bagging against my own content here. Um, you know, what's, what's, I want to make people as successful as they can in the woods. Right. And I think right now it's putting in the work and doing woodsmanship skills, like all the gear and stuff's fine. It's fun to talk about gear and bows and stuff, but I have said this a million times, especially with Greg pool, like woodsmanship skills is going to move the bar. And I've said that with Brian Broderick too. It, it's just, you know, you got to go out there, learn your quarry, work your craft, put in the work, scout, do all this stuff that it should be fun. It should be fun. You're missing, yeah. you're missing half the fun, right? And well, you guys are at the next level. I'm trying to get people just to get on that gateway drug of gear. That way then they're like, <laughs> okay, well now let me take this thing into the woods because I'm basically LARPing. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell you, I get guys that are messaging me. Um, one of the most common questions I get is, will my setup kill an elk? It's like, yeah. You know, that's probably one of the most common things I get. It's like, man, you know, like I, I'm, I'm competent and I know my way around a banana, around an arrow build and, and what is good and sufficient. And I can tell you right now, when I was shooting a 415 grain arrow at 265 feet per second, 260 feet per second, 12 years ago, 15 years ago, um, those animals are just as dead and I was still picking up the arrow on the other side of the ground. So, I mean, 
the animals haven't changed, right? The animals yeah. are the exact same, and it takes the same amount of momentum. And it takes about the same amount of energy if you're using the same head. If you're changing heads and you're using like a mechanical or a sever, I mean, the sever is one of the best mechanicals I've tested, period. I mean, I know that you're you're with sever. You you know the sever guys. Dan over there, I think, is who it is. But um, they're one of the best heads I've tested. But at the same time, it has to it has to deploy. It has to go off. It's yeah. just another thing, right? So I don't yep. know. I, I, I would use the hell out of them for turkeys and deer and stuff probably. But um, I've, I've talked to quite a few guys this year. And last year that, cause Oregon finally legalized mechanicals and, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's, there's, there's some, some elk and deer running around looking like porcupines, you know, it's just, yeah. And that's the thing. Like I, so I'm not hunting elk, right. So I don't have to worry about that. For me, one of the best things about those heads is that's one less thing that I have to worry about. Like guys are like, what, what sever do you shoot? And I'm like, honestly, all of them, cause they all hit consistently for me out of my setups so I'm running their 125 grain heads. So that's for me, like I like messing around with a lot of stuff. I don't like messing around with tuning to broadheads. Like that's just, just cause I don't have to, I'm, I'm hunting whitetails. Right. The biggest thing I'm hunt, uh, hunting are hogs and hogs are one of those animals where like, it almost doesn't matter what you hit them with kind of deal. But as long as it's like decent weight, um, but they, uh, you know, so for me, like, that's the other thing you got to figure out, like, what is, what do you, what's going to give you the most confidence going into the woods? Like at the end of the day, or like, like what, what setup is, are you going to feel good with? Cause if you can't shoot that crazy heavy FOC arrow accurately, it doesn't matter how deadly it is. Same thing. If it's a crazy fast bow, if you can't, you know, if you're pulling crazy poundage and it's a super fast bow, but you can't hit the vitals, it doesn't make a difference. Right. Like it's, you, you got to f- figure out like, what what do you have confidence in what do you know is going to work and some guys are you know like that's one of the big reasons i push working on your own setups is like i know the thresholds of what i can get away with with like say something slightly out of tune like okay my my knocking point is fraying a little bit a couple years ago that would have been in my head the entire day until i got back right whereas now it's like no like i know i'm gonna shoot it's frayed a little bit. That's not going to impact my arrow flight at all. You know, you, that's why like working on your stuff and getting accustomed to all of those things. And, and sometimes playing with stuff that's a little out of spec or a little of this or a little of that is, or different, different versions of the same stuff. It all comes into play because it just, you build up that knowledge bank and that library right. and, and you get co- that confidence. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what we do, you know, and, and to, to, like I said, wrap this thing up is, is, you know, I, I've always said, I want to figure out what doesn't work. So you don't have to, and I'm going to do it before I hit the field, you know, like, and so yeah. that's all these broadhead tests and all these arrow tests and all these, you know, all these tuning videos I do, um, arrow tuning videos and stuff like that. I just, you know, I, I, I've missed that big giant bull that I've always wanted, you know, like, and it's because of something so stupid and simple like i never want you to have to feel that and so and it was a yeah. loop that was sliding on me and i'm like if i was mm-hmm. on top of my gear you know if i if i just you know if i was just a little bit better and a little bit more aware i would have killed that giant five point bull i mean it was a beautiful bull and um i that is seriously what haunts me i still have i that happened years ago and i'm still pissed about it but it just you know if I could prevent even one person from having to go through that, that's worth it. Right. Yeah. Like if you can speed up someone's learning curve saying, man, you know, don't buy that bow. Cause limbs will probably blow up on you. You know, 
go with a year newer and you, mm-hmm. you know go with the realm don't don't or go with the rain or whatever you won't have to shoot the btx and find out the hard way you know like i can tell you that now and i think too being able to point people to other people that are experts. like i get the elk question all the time and i'm like look i've never shot an elk you know like <laughs> so i i don't know man go through, like you get a lot of times you can dm the companies and ask them like is you, and i know for several like they're real candid about like what works and what doesn't work you know so it's uh i think that's an important thing too is like yeah i mean you had me on the podcast like people might be like well they don't they have compete like we're not com- competing like we're, we're all i think there's a, a good circle of people in the industry where we're all on the same team we're trying to all grow and i think there are certain companies you know that are that are catching on to the same thing like we could fight over the same pie or we can make a bigger pizza kind of deal so exactly I, i'm um yeah i think that's that's really important i think that's important for all of us to do like i love ragging on guys that are high foc guys but it's not malicious you know like right. if that's your thing and you love running it and you want to tune it and you feel confident with it i am never going to tell you that's the not a good setup it's just not the setup for me that's all it comes down to yeah and you know i i get asked all the time you know what what do you think is good do you think the high up is saying like happy medium is good man he's like what's happy medium i'm like i don't know your setup like i don't know how fast you shoot i don't know what your draw length is happy medium for me is about 450 to 530 you know? that's that's i'm in the same spot yes so. and that's yeah I, I love when guys like they'll send me a picture and they'll be like i have this tear what's wrong and i'm like dude there are possibly <laughs> <laughs> a dozen things that could have happened yeah. leading up to that yeah you know for me to answer that question is i'm gonna try but yeah. um i'm gonna break yeah. it down into three parts you the arrow or the bow which one is it? yeah exactly <laughs> so yeah <laughs> all right man well hey i'll let you go and it's later over there where you're at it's it's um i still have to hit the gym after this and and uh, follow through on that man titty post i did so <laughs> yeah man get after it dude good luck with all that you'll dude no time you'll be after oh it, i'm so. sure you got the motivation months. yeah it took me three months to gain it i bet it takes me three or four to lose it so i'm not i'm not worried about it but at the same time I'm worried about it. <laughs> just, just keep thinking about September. So. Oh, man. oh man, just looking at my man titties is enough to keep me motivated. I just, like, man, I, I gotta hit the gym again. Man, I hate this. I've never felt this way. But, um, well, AJ, give people a uh, a link and a shout out to where they can find you and look you up. Yeah, sure. So, uh, Knights of the Apex on Instagram. That's Knights with a K. And same thing on YouTube. And those are the the two biggest spots. Um, probably most active on Instagram. I'm on there all the time. So, um, yeah. Thanks a lot. It was uh, it was a pleasure, man. I appreciate. Yeah, it. it was fun talking to you. And I imagine we'll probably have you back on here, you know, sooner or later this year, and, and uh, revisit after maybe we shoot a few more bows and, and test a few more things. Sounds good to me. All right, brother. I'll talk to you later. Later. All right, guys, that's this episode. Thanks for tuning in. If you haven't yet, be sure to check us out on Instagram, uh, On Point with Garrett Weaver. And if you haven't yet, be sure to go onto the YouTube channel. And that is really what funds most of the podcast stuff and, and all the gear. And, and that that's where I make the money. So there's no ads on this. There's no nothing on this. Um, it's always going to be free if I can help it. And it's always going to be completely unbiased. And that is a big part because YouTube pays, uh, I mean, not a lot of money, but a little bit of money to produce content on there. And that's what I use to fund this, buy new mics and all that stuff. So if you guys can go on there, subscribe, if you think it'd be something that you could use and, uh, maybe watch an ad every once in a while. Cause that's, that's, I think that's how we get paid on there, but, um, that would be amazing. And if you can leave a review, if you 
you haven't left a review on iTunes or Spotify or whatever platform you're listening to this on, um, I know the reviews help and I know um, it's super quick and super easy. And if you can do that, that would be amazing. So outside of that, guys, appreciate you for listening. And I'm sure there's going to be another episode coming soon after this. So I'll see you on that one. Bye.